Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 170, 170 of the SCO Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the absolutely positively wonderful people at SB Nation. Now, you might notice that I've been more, shall we say, emphatic in praising the people at SB Nation that helped bring you this podcast, and that's because, well, Michael J. Kist, executive yeah, I'm, I'm trying to butter up my boy a little bit, you know, stay in his good graces. But Michael J. Kist is now sort of executive producer and head of team brands for SB Nation's podcast, which is just kudos to him, man. He's living the dream now. But I'm happy to be here in the big chair for today, Friday, January 29th, 2021. This is our fourth, yeah, our fourth show of the week. It's been a while since we've had a busy week like this, but... With good reason. The 2021 Reese's Senior Bowl, at least the practice week, is now fully in the books. And I thought, instead of doing film observations from day three, I was going to give you my winners of the week. My practice winners of the week. And I'll tell you why I'm going to talk about practice winners as opposed to just Senior Bowl winners in a second. And I'll also tell you why I'm doing winners and not winners and losers in a second. But before we do any of that, your usual cavalcade of reminders here at the outset. Please follow along. With the hijinks on Twitter at Mark Schofield. Check out the work, Matt Waldman's rookie scouting portfolio, the three SB Nation websites. You know them. People, 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 we know this. It's just habit, though. Touchdown wire, of course. Don't forget that, too. But let's talk Senior Bowl winners. And let's talk first why I'm doing it now as opposed to after the game. Because, kids, the practice week is what matters. You know, as I said in yesterday's show, as I've written about, um, a lot of people pull up stakes and get out of Dodge Wednesday night if they can. Maybe they don't have to go travel far. Maybe they can fly out of New Orleans and they can just drive across the bridge. Most people probably get out of town Thursday morning. So a lot of the work is done. The evaluation work is done on Tuesday and Wednesday. The game's kind of an afterthought. You know, and I've, I've said this before, I've talked about this little phenomenon before, but you really got to get the bulk of your work in Tuesday and Wednesday. And then in terms of behind the scenes, meeting with teams and medical stuff and things like that. So, yeah, the game's going to be on Saturday and people will watch it and people will react to the takes and the timeline will be obnoxious as, as it always is. But for my money, the bulk of the work is done during the week. So this is the time to declare winners. And you also might be wondering, Mark, what about losers? What about some people that that struggled? I'm never comfortable declaring people losers, whether it's, you know, combine winners or losers, senior bowl winners and losers. I just, I've never really sat right with me, so to speak. Um, I'll do it if I'm forced to, but if I'm not, I won't. I'm here to celebrate and pump up, not deflate, bring down. So let's get to my winners of the week, and we start with a D3 kid because that's near and dear to my heart. Quinn Minarts, the kid from University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. The kid's a beast. The kid's a legend. The kid's a finisher. The kid switched positions from guard to center during this week. Didn't miss a beat. I love his mentality. I love him in the run-blocking game. I love him as a pass blocker. He finishes every rep. Duke Mannyweather isn't going to pull over the Escalade and say this kid needs to finish because he does it already. He's a cult hero with the, the bare midriff and the big belly. He even broke a hand in practice on Thursday, finished the practice, and is expecting to play 
in the game on Saturday. Now, does this mean he's rising into maybe day two? First day? Probably not. I mean, he's probably still going to be an early day three pick. Ben Barch, for example, last year had a similar display at the Senior Bowl where at times, if you remember this show last year, when I was down in Mobile, I was telling you Ben Barch was at times the best lineman down there. You know, this kid's been good, but he hasn't been that good. Barch then had to sit out of the combine. He went in the fourth round. You know, so I think you might see something similar with this kid from UW-Whitewater. But still, when you're a Division three kid and you leave town pretty much guaranteed a draft slot, you've won. So kudos to him. Tremendous week for him. Another winner for me is Mac Jones. I, I think Mac Jones showed this week, if nothing else, he's at the top of Tier 2. I remain hesitant to put him in the first round. I remain hesitant to say that there is a top five in this class. I still think it's a big four and then the next group with, you know, Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, Lance. Then a bit of a drop-off. All four of those guys, I'm drafting those guys with the attention that they're going to be starting quarterbacks for me at some time in the first year. Mac Jones, maybe. And I still might not have Jones as QB5. Others might not have Jones as QB5. But he made a case this week to that spot, and he deserves a ton of credit for that. Because he didn't have to do this. You know, for a lot of people, they might have told him, look, you know, you're pretty much guaranteed a second-round pick. Like, you could hurt yourself here. But no, he went, and he didn't just go. He went and competed the entire week. And he was the guy that I think most teams are going to look at when this week is all over, which, you know, is basically, as I just outlined, he was the best quarterback down there. Now, I still might say that Jamie Newman has the most talent of this group, but if I'm drafting a guy, if I'm placing a bet on a guy to be a longtime NFL quarterback, it's Mac Jones. I think he has a higher ce- higher ceiling, I mean, excuse me, higher floor than perhaps even some of the guys that are in that big four group. It's the ceiling that's a bit more of a question mark. But I think Mac Jones is, you know, you're hoping to get Kirk Cousins out of him, which is still a good NFL quarterback that can be a starter for a number of years and you can win games with. That's not bad. Next winner for me, we've talked about this kid a ton, Dwayne Eskridge. I don't want to, you know, I don't need to dive into it deeper. We spent a lot of time on him yesterday. We spent a lot of time on Kate Johnson yesterday. Both of those guys were winners for me this week. Now the question becomes, what's the value? You know, where do you put them on your big board? What is the value? I think Eskridge, again, having done some more film work on him Thursday night, I, I think that this kid can play on the outside. I'm less sure of that with respect to Kate Johnson. But I still think that both of these guys hear their name called day two, early day three. I don't think this is a situation where these guys are going to really fall to like the sixth or seventh round like the Devin DuVernay's of the world last year. Now, I think teams are going to look at these, or James Prochet, he was another one that, that slid. It was Prochet, I was thinking of DuVernay came off the board in the third round. A lot of people thought Prochet was going to go earlier. He slid in the draft. I think both of these guys are going early. You know, Johnson might go third. Eskridge might go second. I still think first is probably rich for him. 
But the fact that we're even having this conversation tells you that kid was one of the winners of the week. So those are a couple of names coming back. We're going to have some more winners of Senior Bowl Practice Week. That's ahead here on episode 170 of the SCO Show. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 170 of the SCO Show, continuing my sort of working list of winners of Senior Bowl Practice Week. Going to talk another wide receiver now. I've got some other wide receivers on this list. Um, Amari Rogers from Clemson. Um, I was talking to Matt Waldman recently. He talked him up a little bit. And I was very impressed with Rogers in a couple of different ways. Body control, foot quickness, route running, and hands. Uh, he checked a lot of those boxes, actually all of those boxes for me. I think my favorite play of his was a play on Wednesday, uh, red zone fade route where he had to adjust work back to the ball, catch it at the high point, defenders trying to rake the arms, and he just squeezes that ball, doesn't cradle it, doesn't even pull it to his body, just goes up, comes back, gets it, catches it with the hand strength, finishes the play, gets both feet down for the touchdown to complete the play for the score. It was an incredible rep. Um, he had some other routes, over routes, crossing routes, vertical routes. Gives you everything in the route tree, it looks like. So I was extremely impressed with him. There were a lot of great receivers out there. You know, Kadarius Tony, for example. He had a tremendous week. Um, there's a receiver, Palmer, from Tennessee. We might have an X after all. Josh Palmer from Tennessee, a little bit of a bigger kid. He wasn't really on my radar, but he certainly flashed at times. He's somebody that I'm going to go back and do some more work on, uh, both on Tuesday, Wednesday, and a little bit on Thursday. was kind of impressed with what he did. But in addition to Rodgers, another wide receiver winner for me, Trevon Grimes from Florida. I know Tony is the Florida receiver that's getting all the buzz, but Grimes is going to make me go, again, do some more work. 6'3". But what I really liked about him throughout this week is he showed you some variety to his game. He had some ability to show some technical details and refinement to his routes. I love the way he used his eyes as a weapon, used his field of vision to sort of set up defenders for his breaks, adjusted extremely well on some throws in the downfield passing game. Six feet, three and seven eighths inches tall, so he's got size to him. So Palmer and Grimes are two guys that might be X-types that I'm going to have to do some more work on. And anytime you you know force me to go do more work on you, you've won the week. A guy in that mold, Cameron Sample from Tulane. You know, it, it's great when somebody, you know, makes you all start looking at the film again. And people start talking about him online, talking about him in the chat rooms, talking about him in the DMs. Um, and that situation sort of played out Tuesday, Thursday morning. Um, started asking around, hey, anybody have takes on Cameron Sample from Tulane? Because I'm liking what I'm seeing here. And later in the day, John Ledger comes back in the DMs and he's like, man, this Sample kid, he's good. He's really good. And John was tweeting about him on the timeline. Sample was impressive. Sample was very impressive this week. Hand quickness, foot speed. You know, he's beaten Alex Leatherwood to the ball on some run plays. He had a couple of sacks and team drills. I did not see that coming at all. I did not do any pre-senior ball work on Cameron Sample. He had a sack of Jamie Newman. He used a stab chop move to get to the inside of the guard, give himself a free shot at the QB. 
that kid had a huge week. So get Cameron Sample on your draft, you know, D-line watch lists. A couple of other winners before we kind of call it a week here. I mentioned Trevon Grimes, the kid from Florida. Michael Carter, the running back from UNC. Jamie White 2.0. I mean, that's really how I feel about him. Um, if the Patriots are looking for that kind of player, there you go. Day two. I, I'm i fine with him on day two. If they can find out a way to get it done, because I'm, you know, 46. Eh? Uh, but I was very impressed with him. Uh, Demetric Felton, we've talked about him a lot. He was impressive this week. Uh, Quincy Roche, the edge from Miami. What I liked about him, you knew we could run the corner, run the arc, bend, all that stuff. The ability to stop the run flashed at times, and his ability to set an edge flashed at times, and his ability to win to the inside. Because I, I knew we could win to the outside with speed, but he had hand technique, pass rushing plans that enabled him to get to the inside of defender. So he's not going to be a guy that's just going to run the arc and try to get to the outside. If he's working against a slow tackle, he's going to win. He has plans. He can counter. He can win to the inside. That's extremely valuable. So he had a tremendous week. He's one of my winners as well. And finally, my final winner of Senior Bowl Week 2021 is Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl. Um, because he went forward th- with this event when a lot of people said, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. A lot of people didn't go down, myself included, because they're like, yeah, I don't know about this. But they had a plan in place. They stuck to it. They distanced people. Everybody was wearing masks. And they had a tremendous week of practice. And it's similar in a sense to remember free agency in the draft, you know, almost a year ago. When COVID-19 was first started, we're all like, should we really be doing this? And the NFL forged on. They went ahead with it. And we all welcomed it because it gave us a gave us a distraction, gave us a diversion, gave us something to talk about that wasn't a global pandemic. Senior Bowl was something like that this week. You know, I got to dive into film every single night this week. And I'm going to keep watching film because I'm sure that there's players that, you know, I didn't pick up on yet that had great weeks, guys that didn't make this list, but I might look back on in a month or two months down the road and say, man, this guy's really good. I should I should go back and watch his senior bowl practices because I must have missed this. Um, and I'm sure some of you will have that same opportunity. Hint, hint, Slack channel. But Jim Nagy did a great job. The team at the senior bowl did a great job putting this together, putting this on, making it accessible for those of us who didn't go down there, but yet... You know, we've got the film, we've got access to players if we want, interviews if we want. So credit, full credit to Jim Nagy and his team on a job well done. Hats off to them. Tremendous. Knocked it out of the park. Hopefully the game goes off without a hitch as well. Because now, this is the premier event this season. There's no combine, it's just pro days. There's no other universal, everybody let's get together and evaluate players. This was it. This was a huge thing for him, and he did it. And he deserves the credit for it. So that will do it for today. That will do it for this week. I will be back Monday. Mock draft Monday. We're doing it. Send them in if you want. But yep, mock draft Mondays are back. Um, it will be the first mock draft. It will just be a Patriots mock draft. Um, I'll have mine. If you've got yours, send them in. Send them in via the Slack channel. Send them in via Twitter. At Mark Schofield. The reason why I, I was hesitant to dive back into mock draft Mondays. 
And then I got a mock draft sent to me via Pablo Joel at Joel Pablo on Twitter that was so beautiful that I'm like, all right, we're we're doing this. And so we're doing mock draft Monday. Our first mock draft Monday will be this Monday. So send them in, like I said, on Twitter at Mark Schofield, mark.schofield at insidethepylon.com via email, via the Slack channel. Um, if you're doing it in the Slack channel, make sure you drop them in the mock drafts channel and ping me. Otherwise, I won't see them. Um, so yeah, just ping me in all the mocks that you're going to do uh, for Mock Draft Monday so I can get you the recognition that you will richly deserve for putting together a mock draft at the end of January in 2021. Until then, friends, stay safe, wash those hands, and when you do, sin along and bless those Patriots reigns down in Foxborough.